0: Welcome to Neighborhood Church. To learn more about who we are as community, or to financially support Neighborhood, go to NeighborhoodChurchMN.org. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Neighborhood Church. Good morning. Good morning. Whoa, that gets quiet super fast. That's intimidating. Um, hello, good morning. What a beautiful, skaty like trek we had this morning. For any of those who jo- are joining us in person, some of the roads were a little bit slick. And so we thank you for joining us, whether you are just a couple blocks away or if you are coming from further. And for everyone joining us online, we are grateful to be here, surrounded in a new season. Whew. How many of us have come here with feelings of Thanksgiving still on top of us? Whether they be good, whether they be hard, all of us, can we just take a collective breath together? I need that myself. Ready? (sighs) excellent. The title for today is why we reimagine if you've been joining us for the last few weeks for the last few months it feels like forever we've been diving deep into reimagining our faith and what that means for us as individuals as a church collectively as a community and so to spin off of that today we're going to talk about reimagining evolution Uh, and so uh, today We celebrate the changing of seasons, the changings that have brought us here today. And so I'm just going to open up in a word of prayer. My name is Rebecca Rick. I'm the associate pastor here. Um, My pronouns are she, they. That means if you want to say, oh my goodness, she looks wonderful today. I take that as a compliment. If you want to say... They seem like they could use a little less coffee. Uh, I will also take that as a compliment. Uh, If you say, he looks amazing in that pair of rust pants, I will not know who you're talking about because I don't know anyone else who is here in rust pants. But, um, so that's what that means. Um, I'm usually downstairs in the basement with our youngest neighbors of this church, and uh, I get to see the next generation of our faith and see them growing and changing, embracing themselves, embracing others, and it, is, it brings me such great joy. If you are a person who would also like to see and witness some of that joy, we're always looking for fun, safe people downstairs, and so that's my one plug for today. Um, let's have a word of prayer of centering together. Heavenly Father, Earthly Mother, we come to you celebrating new snowflakes as varied as the facets of you, as the sun that warms each heart, each thing around the world globally every day. As the breath in our lungs, as the seat underneath us We thank you for this moment of gathering together to see you in new, exciting, wonderful ways. May we always enjoy the chase after you. Amen. You may know, you may not know, I am the mother of four amazing kiddos. I have three teenagers and one that is going to be 12 in a couple days, and so emotions are high in my house all the time. There is always at least one or two people who are not talking to me because I don't know what is going on in anyone's life, and I also have one or two people that are constantly fighting with each other. If you've been in any normal family situation, and probably even more so if you were in an abnormal family situation, which Isn't all of our families somewhat abnormal? You understand that, right? So there's a piece to this, right? I don't know who researched it, but it makes sense. And so I'm just gonna claim it as truth. Fight with me afterwards if you'd like. But scientists have come up with this great theory that says part of the reason why teenagers absolutely hate their parents is for our survival as humans think about it think about it we are all a little family a cluster right in our ancestral days it Maybe we live in an area 30 miles radius, 50 miles radius. We are genetically related to basically everyone we are around. We know their culture, their language. We huddle in, and this is us. And then we are 13, 15, 16, and we say, Y'all are crazy. You're crazy. You don't understand life. You don't understand how this works. And guess what we do? We walk away from everything we know and find some other boo that probably doesn't share genes with us. And can we get an amen to that? Right? So this thing, this angsty teenager stage is what literally drives us to diversify our genes. It is beautiful. The shades, the hair texture, the sizes, the everything, and with that, the culture, the religion, the language, it all through that exchange, brings us bounty of possibilities. And through those bounty of possibilities, we as people, we as the universe, we as nature, choose which fits and which we invest in and which we choose to see forth to the next generation. It is a good and beautiful thing. And in some ways, this is evolution, right? And to say that, right, especially with this as a background, (laughs) right, this very creationist background behind us feels maybe a little bit off. off. I get it. I get it. But there is something when we choose to see the other as not something scary, not something out of ourselves that is to be avoided, but it's something to be embraced because they have something in them that God, the universe, everyone decided was worthy enough to maintain. I want to know what that is in them. I want to see how God, how everything has been working through that person, that group, that religion, that culture. I want to see what that is Because there's something in that that strengthens me. When we find places that we can learn and grow and develop, when we can find places to evolve, that is a good and holy thing. The last few months we 've talked about reimagining things big things hell, the Bible culture worship we 've talked about taking large things and in some ways dismantling them. if I brought a photo album today and I actually we can all do this think of a photo album. You can close your eyes if you'd want to. If you had a photo album and in that photo album you were able to put all of the photographs of otherness that you hold in your heart right now. Maybe it's that one family relative that you sat by at Thanksgiving and you're like, I don't know how you still think that's appropriate to say out loud. Right? That's another. Or maybe it's that weird theory or religion or something that you were taught to maybe avoid. I couldn't even talk about witches growing up, right? Like when the alphabet got to ABCD all the way to W and we were supposed to draw a picture of a witch in kindergarten, I broke out into tears because I figured I was going to be held accountable for not standing up to my faith because I colored a picture of a W in kindergarten, right? So at that point in my life, there was this thing that I labeled as other. And I think there's something when we take collectively those things and instead of seeing it as other, seeing it as an edge. An edge of growth, an edge that we can explore to say, what is this that I can learn from this? What is this in that is going to edify me, that is going to bless me, that is going to fill me with newness? Because that's what creation is. Life will always find a way. Life will always find a way to continue. And in this world where we have so much beautiful religious diversity, where we have advancements in science, when we have global communication, but not only global communication, but for the first time in a long time, a lot of us are learning and teaching our children to communicate inwardly, to not down our feelings and our fears, but to learn to talk about them openly and honestly. So we have this external communication, this internal communication. These are all places where we see the face of this changing, and that's a good thing to all of my people who light special candles at home or collect special rocks, right? Who enjoy reading about other people's experiences. That's not wrong. You are helping us move faith, whatever that will end up looking like, to the next generation. When I think about actual human survival right I take a look at my example is my peanut allergy kiddos right a hundred years ago we just had kids who died we had families who had weak stock we had curses on families and now we have medical advancements that say, actually, no, they're just allergic to something. And we, as a people, decided that that group of people should be able to continue in the next step forward. Does that make sense? We, at one point, those people were not allowed to be in the step forward because they didn't make it the step forward. But now we have the ability to say no. Nature, you would have taken this child. I say no. This one belongs with us because there is something good and beautiful and holy in this person that deserves to go on to the next generation. And as we continue to have scientific evolutions, that revolutions, that window of who is included in the future gets more wide with every step. We can talk about evolution and there is a piece of revolution that comes with that. When we as a country say we the people, we Many of us here were not included in that we. We were not guaranteed that that step forward. But we are widening that gap of saying, no, we all belong. Why? Because we are all divinely made. We have worth, and our worth, our stories are worth continuing on. And that is a good and beautiful thing. So why do we reimagine? It's because it opens the gate. It allows everyone at the table. It's enough of the us and them. We say, no, give me a crowded table. Let me sit across from someone who feels like another, and let me learn why. Let me see why that triggers me, why that feels hurt for me, why that feels scary for me. Let me investigate. Let me pray about it. Let me explore. In a thousand years from now, if we humans are around, which right now we, the thoughts are against us, but if, in the future to come, Faith won't look the same, and that's a good thing. I have a um, book here. It's called Hollow Kingdom. It's a zombie apocalypse book. I know that's what you were thinking it was. Um, But it talks about in a future world where humans are not around. And it talks about how we have laid our destruction. And part of what the book warns us is that when we forget to look up, look up from our technology, work, look up from our set ideologies, that we miss the human sitting across from us. There is a the poem in the middle of the book that is written by a 200 year old tree. And this mother tree talks to us and says If you are alive, whether of blood or bark, you will be struck by pain, love, longing, fear, anger, and that particular ache of sadness. There will be joys that quiver your leaves and betrayals that sever your roots, poisoning the water you pull. These are the varying notes in the music of living. Look up. To close your eyes is to stagnate, to rot, and to stop the song. My gift to you is to know that we are here all around you talking to one another dreaming of your success sorcery is everywhere in the silver stroll of a slug and the lightning up the very veins of you open those beautiful eyes to the world who is a mosaic of magic she is waiting for you to notice May we see the story, the magic, the holiness in those around us, in the things around us. May we investigate why we have been blessed to see them and what they can teach us because that is what will propel us forward in our faith. Not only individually, not only as a church, but as humanity, it is our responsibility, it is our sacred responsibility to create a world where all are welcomed at the table of God. Amen. And this is the awkward part. Um, with that, I'm letting you go. I ask that you carry your story into a world that needs you. Needs you in all of your authentic glory. May you risk being open and honest with people about where you are and your journey. And you, may you embrace those around you who offer you that same vulnerability. Thank you so much for joining us today, you guys. Have a great Sunday.